Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Stephen Mark here over at Dare to Connect. I hope you all are doing well today. Um, got an interesting topic today uh, that we want to talk about. So Father's Day just happened, right? Yep. Uh, just happened the other day. And, you know, Mark and I have talked about this before and, and uh, it's no secret that, you know, triggers come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Um, and we oftentimes spend a lot of time discussing or a lot of energy discussing the more prominent ones, right? Stuff having to do with the marriage or internal connection between the coupleship or, you know, sexual triggers, those kinds of things. But there are so many other types of triggers out there. And oftentimes we can kind of be blindsided with them if we're not careful. And so Mark and I wanted to get raw and real with you today and honest about what that, what Father's Day has been for the two of us and why, uh, in the hopes that some of you were pretty dang confident. Most of you addicts listening will be able to relate and uh, we'll, maybe help fill in the gaps of some of the things that you're feeling and then talk a little bit about how we can break out of this uh, because it can be quite rough. So for Father's Day, Father's Day for me is kind of this multiple, it's kind of this triple triple whammy effect uh, for me. Many of you know, my dad passed away in a plane crash when I was a kid. And they, you know, as the phrase goes, time in some ways does heal wounds, but in other ways, not, not by any means all the time. And so Father's Day, for that reason, has always been kind of a wild card for me. In the past, it used to be very chaotic, and it was a big part of, you know, uh, uh, it fed into a lot of my old uh, primary thinking errors I'll talk about in just a second. But um, that's always been kind of a wild card. and still is, even on occasion. Last year, we actually was quite rough, as it turns out, with Father's Day. Uh, I don't have a stellar relationship with my father-in-law. Uh, we really don't have much of a relationship at all, being candid. And while I can't own even a lot of that, a part of that definitely has to do with behavior and things that I did during addiction days. 
you know, in part hurting his daughter and, and, and things like that. So our relationship really struggles. Um, and then also for me, as I've talked about on here as well, I struggle with infertility. My wife and I can't, you know, naturally have kids. And so I come from a culture that's really highly referenced in kids and families and all that stuff. And, and for me, if I was to identify a singular emotional trigger or emotional topic that is still triggering for me and I have to continue to work on, gotten much better at it, gratefully, but still have to keep an eye on, on today is feeling inadequate right? Feeling inadequate in all sorts of ways. And in the past, Father's Day has been kind of this toxic soup and I have to really work on it now because uh, what that's usually added up to is is kind of going into, Mark's going to talk a little bit more about the Eeyore mode we talk about sometimes on here. But I, uh, you know, I just got into a place of just feeling hopelessly inadequate. You know, there was a time when we were kind of in a place where here we are, I don't have a dad around, you know, no one to celebrate with. Um, my wife doesn't want to have kids with me. This is speaking to, you know, years ago. And even if she did want to have kids with me, we can't, um, just feeling hopelessly inadequate in every way as a man, as a potential future dad. Right. And so father's day was this total gateway into inadequacy, which for me historically has been one of the main roots of my addiction. If I was to ever go back to addiction and I hope to God that that never occurs, but if I was, that would probably be the trigger that would take mm. me there, which is why I have to keep such a close eye on it. Yep. Yep. And I can, I can really relate to that too. So Father's Day for me, uh, it, <clears throat> it, uh, it's not that the day itself was, you know, a, a trigger in and of itself, but what it, what it uh, triggered up inside of me would often lead to acting out of my addiction around that time frame either up to Father's Day or after Father's Day. And so for me, it was a really big mixed bag of emotions. And one one of the key reasons we're talking about this today is to realize that there's a lot of emotional nuances with regard to what triggers us. Yes. And not just with addiction, but also what uh, triggers our betrayal trauma if we're if we're a partner or, or a spouse of an addict. Mm-hmm. And Father's Day can can be very much uh a trigger for that as well. So I was, you know, I was uh I was born to a teenage mom out of wedlock. And so I didn't even deserve to have a dad. You know, I was I was a mistake. I was an accident. I was kind of an afterthought. Yeah. And then I had a string of stepdads, uh, some of whom were very abusive. And so Father's Day for me was not a was not a pleasant time, mm-hmm. uh, was, you know, was was not something that I looked forward to. And then as I as I became a father myself, you'd think, okay, a lot of healing can take place for Mark because he's going to be a dad, he's going to change things, <clears throat> he's going to make sure that those same things didn't happen to his kids. And so here comes heavy addiction. And now I'm a dad. And what am I doing? I'm behaving in many of the same ways that those abusive stepdads did. Mm. Now, I didn't, I didn't engage in physical abuse with my kids. I did make a very strong pact with myself that that would never happen. And, and it didn't. I was able to hold the line on that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other things of neglect, not being fully present with them, being moody, right, not showing up. Uh, just all the many ways that I felt inadequate as a dad, that would hit me around the Father's Day period, right? I'm a loser dad. I'm not there for my kids. I'm just a worthless, perverted addict. Yeah. And then the fact that I didn't have a dad, 
that a dad didn't even show up, you know, uh, when I was born and just all the crap that happened along the way. So for me, it was a double whammy Mm -hmm. missing, you know, not having my own dad and then being a loser dad. And you, you pile all that in on top of itself. And now it's, it's this perfect storm recipe for running to self soothe and escape and medicate through addiction. Yeah. Very much true. Those emotional triggers, you know, they, they can hit really hard. And, and, and if you're not careful, they can really blindside us. Um, mm-hmm. I have to, I'll be honest. I mean, I have to exercise a pretty good amount of caution around Father's Day. It is one of the hardest days of the year for me, um, which might sound strange to some, but maybe a lot of you addicts maybe can relate to that. Um, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, we, we're here to obviously talk about addiction and how it impacts not just ourselves and, and a spouse. And, and I know looking back for, for my wife, Brittany and I, my, my struggle with, with Father's Day on a variety of levels over the years has really brought down kind of the day for her too. Mm-hmm. And it's just made it hard mm-hmm. as well. And Mark, I'd imagine it probably was the same with, with you and your kids growing up, I'd assume. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously you go through the surface, you know, the outside, uh, the outside things that you do, you give the cards, you know, you'd make the phone call, you know, it's father's day. You're, these are the yeah. things you're supposed to say, and this is uh-huh. why you're supposed to act. But much of it over the years was a facade. It was, it was kind of a play act that was going on. And my wife felt that she yearned for me to be the kind of father that she had hoped I would be right. When she married me. Yeah. And there was, there, there, I mean, she did a really good job of putting on a good face but there was there was heartache, uh, you know. She it, it was not the ideal for a long time, and so Father's Day for her was a trigger as well. Uh, and by the way, she lost her dad <clears throat> fairly fairly early in our marriage. Uh, her dad died of cancer, and she felt abandoned by that. Uh, he had a lot of stress and pressure in his life, and he kind of gave up. You could really sense that he gave up. He didn't respond to the treatments. He just, he just, you could tell he wanted to check out of life. And that really hurt my wife in a very deep way that uh, she was very angry for a while, for, for a few years after he passed, because she really felt like he just, he just gave up and abandoned her. So mm. that was happening. And then it was happening with me, with our kids. And so, yeah, big time betrayal trauma trigger, you yeah. know, for her own situation. Absolutely. So one of you know when one of the things I noticed, and I I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be really s- super raw about this as I can. <clears throat> so one of the things that tends to be a default for me, and it happened from the time I as as early memory as I have as a kid, I always had a tendency when things would get tough like this that what we're describing is I would go into what we call Eeyore mode, right? From mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh, from Christopher Robin, Eeyore, you know, the the depressed donkey. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. You know, life sucks. I'll just go over here and be by myself. It's fine. No one worry about me. Yeah. Yes. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And I would really very much go into that mode as a protection strategy, right? Because it's easier to be depressed and hopeless and go into this, I call it wallowing, just wallowing around in these deep, dark emotions, because it's easier to do that than to actually get hopeful. And to have optimism because you're let down. You get crushed again. You're setting yourself up to be disappointed once again. 
So I learned to go into this Eeyore, you know, kind of wallowing mode. <clears throat> and it was funny before we did this broadcast, I had this little tune pop into my head. I don't know where it came from, but I remember when I was a kid, we used to sing this song <laughs> in grade school, <laughs> right? What is the, um, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Think I'll eat some worms, right? Yes, I remember these, that. These verses. And in my disturbed mind, I, when we were preparing, I thought, okay, yeah, so the, here's me, right? And nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Think I'll get some porn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And that just really hit me about how we can go into the glass is half empty. Life sucks. I suck. Right. I'm hopeless. I'm a loser. Mm-hmm. And man, so much of that, you know, quote, Eeyore mode was something that I would fall into around the Father's Day period, you know, period of time and other holidays. And we're, you know, we're talking about Father's Day today, but there's lots of them. Christmas mm-hmm. time was a big vulnerability for my uh, acting out. Oh my gosh, New Year's, the fresh start, the new mark. The, right, we could go on and on about all the different, uh, different uh, times that can trigger us. And we go into this, we go into this old rut, this emotional <clears throat> uh, you know, state of mind that's very much a rut for us that sets us up. And so the question Absolutely. is, how do we start to move through and beyond that old place. Yeah. If things like Father's Day and other events and other situations are triggering to us, either from an addiction relapse or a betrayal side, what is the process to begin to move through that and to, and to move forward so that we, we don't just stay in a constantly triggered place? Yeah. These events or these dates or these holidays or these memories keep pushing us back into these, these dark places. Mm-hmm. How do you come out of that? That's an excellent question. It is, it is a good question. I, for me, I think that the, a good first step is I, you know, <laughs> big shocker, everybody. Steve's an addict, and so my go-to in the hist- historically when I come up against stuff is to react. Right. Mm. That's uh, my initial thought. I've experienced just like with anything else, right? And it's this is human nature, but it's very much addict nature on especially. Excuse me, especially where. You know, I feel some sort of emotional discomfort and I immediately want want to what? I want to run. I want to escape from it, right? I want to numb out from it. And some of the best advice that I ever got that I, I continue to share with clients is I kind of visualize when difficult triggers like this happen, if I'm able to. I visualize myself kind of like a, almost like a rock in a stream and like it's been dry forever. And I, 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 as the rock, I can kind of see the water coming and rushing down. And rather than trying to run from it or escape from it, which I know has always been a, a futile exercise because I'm a, I'm a rock, <laughs> <laughs> is, is to let it just kind of wash over me, mm. right? And to recognize that it is coming and that's not good or bad necessarily. Um, can I, can I, can I do the hardest thing in the world as an addict to do? And you addicts will know what I'm talking about, which is just to sit with it. Mm. That is so hard to do. Yep. We either want to run from it or kick the crap out of it or scream at it or something, you know, and, and oftentimes, and now this isn't the answer all the time for every situation, but I find that that for me is a really good starting point because it helps to bring me into a place of acceptance of, look, this is happening. This is real life today. And it kind of puts me in that frame of mind of, okay, we're dealing with this. Yes. Yeah. So. Yep. Instead of going into this place of resistance, 
you know, we kind of, uh, you kind of clinch, you clinch preparing for the blow. Mm-hmm. And man, would I do that a lot, you know, with things like fathers, oh, call here it comes. And you're already tensing up and going into this, you know, cocoon place in order to prepare for it. Yeah. And your brain is catastrophizing and fortune telling and assuming and just all of these things from your history. And you're right. Part of it is, okay, can I just let this flow over me uh, without having to resist it or fight it or run from it? Can I just be, just be in it? And that's a scary place because we build a lifetime habit when this stuff hits us, either from an addiction triggering standpoint or a betrayal standpoint, we build this habit of needing to react. I have to do something. Otherwise, it's too vulnerable. It's too scary. I can't just sit here. How many times we said, I can't just sit here. Totally. Well, can't you? Mm -hmm. Can you just sit here? Yeah. Right. How do you do that? How do you just sit here? That's a great question. And I think the the first answer that comes to mind for me is giving yourself permission to sit there. Mm. Now, again, if you haven't found yourself in this position, but most people listening to this podcast, addict and spouse can, uh, there is a real, a real component to, when I say give myself permission to sit here, are you giving yourself permission to be here? It's, it's getting away from those shoulds that we oftentimes talk about mm, yes. you know, so much with our clients, right? <clears throat> because that's what usually puts the pressure on us, right? It's Father's Day. I should be super happy and have the best relationship with my father-in-law. It's Father's Day, so I should be happy and excited and thrilled for everything. It's Father's Day, so I should be right? All of these other things that maybe I'm just not that day. Yeah. It's father's day. So I should be super excited about my husband. Who's, who's a father. Today's I got to celebrate him, right? It's today's the day. It's got to happen. Um, and yeah. And, and, and really when we give ourselves permission to feel the way that we feel, I think it opens up that doorway to be able to let us allow us to experience the emotions or the feelings that we're really having rather than getting caught behind them because the, and I know we all fear that, right? Because obviously that does preclude the possibility that they're going to come out in all sorts of crazy ways and, and whatever else. But in my experience, what usually leads to that happening is when we suppress them, right? Right. When we shove them down, when we try to put on the happy face, um, inevitably, the more we are able to express those things in a healthy way, the more we can get them out and then move forward. Yes. If you deprive something of oxygen, what will it do? it will violently struggle to survive. Yep. And if we yep. try to shut down these emotions, they're going to fight to come out. So if we're able to sit in them and just feel them, here's what I'm feeling. It's not, it isn't good or bad. It, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. I'm just feeling these things. Yeah. You can, you can, you can journal about them in a very raw and real, you know, I have a little cheap spiral bound notebook where I just start scribbling furiously I call it emotional vomiting. Yeah. You can get it out that way. I'm not afraid now to voice what I'm feeling or experiencing. For sure. Uh, fortunately, my wife and I are in a safe enough place where I can tell her, man, I got to tell you that the Father's Day is really tough today for these reasons. Yeah. I'm able to sit as she expresses that and, and receive what she's expressing. Yeah, you know, I remember all those, you know, 20 years that you really couldn't show up as a dad. Yeah, I feel that. And we're able to just sort of feel that with each other and share it. This is such an important part. So 
allowing yourself to feel, allowing it to wash over you, allowing you to express it and acknowledge it. And once you do that, now it allows you to go into this other place, which I had to learn as a skill to sort of, how can you be, how can you kind of experience the Eeyore mode, the wallow mode, the, you know, I want to <laughs> eat some worms and acknowledge that that's there and it's legit and you're feeling it, but then shift yourself, this gentle moving yourself into a place of, okay, so what can I do today? What can I be today? Yeah. Right. What can I see that is good? There's nearly always something that is good. Nearly always yeah. something that is a reason to have just a little drop of gratitude and let yourself feel all the other things, but then move into a space where you can say, okay, what can, what can I see that is hopeful? Right. Even the hope of hopefulness <laughs> or, you know, how do I, how do I, how do I gently move my place into, into, into this place of, of some light, of some hope, of some, you know, a little bit of a vision going forward. Mm -hmm. That's easier when you acknowledge the pain, when you let the pain wash over you and you give it expression and you let it, you let it be heard. It's easier to come out of that dark place. That's been yeah. my experience. No, I would, I would agree. And I, you know, oftentimes with these sorts of situations, cause we know that as always, this, this could be, this could be an issue for you that ranges from the very mild this year, mm -hmm. uh, or has, has rain, you know, range from the very mild all the way up to the really, really hard and really, really acute. And you could still be very much having, you know, Father's Day having been a couple of days ago, could really still be feeling the effects and the emotional impact from that. And, and you as spouses as well, the same holds true. And it reminds me of a client that I worked with one time who struggled with some of the worst. She, she struggled with a variety of diagnoses, uh, manic depression and anxiety to the point of even medication not working in many cases, uh, mm. being among them. She lived alone. She was isolated. And mm. this is like the first year of my career. And I was brand new to the therapy world. And I asked her one day, kind of therapeutically, but kind of almost incredulously, as we, we, she was sharing how the things that she was dealing with as we were getting ready to work on some stuff. And I just kind of blurted out one day, you know, how do you do it? Like, how do you do it? And it was therapeutic, but it was honestly sincere. I didn't know how she did it. And she looked at me and cause she, she would describe that the evenings were always the worst when she was yeah. alone. She did okay during the day, but once the structure was gone, her friends had gone to bed. She was living alone. You know, no one else was there. Darkness was just generally scary for her. Mm -hmm. And she, and I said, how do you, how do you do it? And she just looked at me and she said, you know, I, I know that the sun will always come back up. She's yeah. like, as no matter how bad it gets, she's like, cause it does get bad a lot of the time. I know that the sun will always come back up. And that's one of the beautiful things that 12 step has the capacity to teach us is it's all and recovery in general, right? Recovery is all about being present in the moment. And being present in the moment means not just recognizing this is where I'm at today. It also re means recognizing that I won't necessarily be here tomorrow. Right. Right. That tomorrow is a new day, a different day, that it's okay for today to be hard. That's not good or bad. It just is. It's part of my story. Right. And then to, to be able to move on. I also, for me, and Mark, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Probably the best go-to out of my recovery toolbox on uh, after days like this is to reach out and connect with other guys who get it. Mm. 
And spouses, same holds true for you because I guarantee you, you are not the only one struggling around this time, right? Getting getting someone on the phone, just to not even necessarily to problem solve, although sometimes that happens, but just to get it out with someone who can really understand. Because let's be real, oftentimes for a variety of reasons, this may not be sharing that raw, unfiltered emotion, may, especially if it's shame-based, may not be safe to share with a spouse or even appropriate, yeah. right? We might need to find someone else who has the capacity to hear and to carry our, our weight with us for a minute while we just get that out and be heard somewhere. Yeah, I agree. It's really important to reach out and, and be able to express and to feel understood and to feel valued, right? All of that's important. And to, to reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm in a pretty deep, dark place. It's hard for me to see. Can yeah. you help me see maybe where, is there some hope? Is there some light? Yeah. Help me to see what I can't. It's been Absolutely. very helpful for me, for people who care about me. Say, hey, Mark, I know it's, uh, it's hard, man. I feel that. Have you, have you considered this a little bit? Mm -hmm. You know what? You're right. You're right. <clears throat> it's not, it's not a hundred percent darkness. So really yeah. important to have that connection and that, that intimacy to get us through some of these really tough times. Absolutely. Yep. So that's, yeah, there's uh, there's post father's day. Gosh, I hope we did that in a positive way. Nobody has to like watch too many episodes of Care Bears after this, right? Like this was, right. This was kind of heavy. Um, but we know this is heavy work that we do sometimes. And, and we hope that uh, for those of you who, who, where you did have good times during the day, we hope that you continue to celebrate that. And please do rec know and recognize, because Mark and I are living examples that we can tell you hands down, it does get better. Yes. And the sun metaphorically does come up. And just because this Father's Day was this way, doesn't mean that the next one has to be. So it can be a great time to recommit, you know, and, and use that as a fuel, not to shame yourself, but as a way to, to, to make that commitment of, you know, I'm going to just do everything that I can in my power and not even knowing what next year will be, but just for it to be better than this year. Yeah. I'm going to work on that shame. I'm going to work on these character defects. I'm going to be more connected. I'm going to, you know, work more on my sobriety and my addiction and redouble my efforts. So, well, and to give hope to everyone listening, Father's Days for me now are actually quite good. Good. And so Good. when my kids and I get together, um, because we've been so raw and real and authentic over the years of my really good recovery, yes, there is kind of a telling look. We sort of look at each other across, across the living room or whatever, and there's this knowing look that says, wow, we really kind of went through hell, didn't we? Yeah. But, but boy, I love you and you love me and we made it. And I'm so glad you're still here. And there's just this warm closeness. It's real. We, we don't yeah. uh, hide the fact that this has been brutal. Mm -hmm. but now there's this knowing look that just says, you know what? I kind of get you and you kind of get me, don't you? Yeah. It's just really pleasant. It's, it's, actually, it's actually quite enjoyable. So I love that. I love that. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, hey, have a great rest of your day. Uh, hopefully the, week, the rest of the week goes well for you. Be safe, be, be sound, and uh, we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.